Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Welcome to Door Bumper Clear. I'm Brett Griffin. we got a special guest in the house today, Timmy Hill. He's joining me and TJ after a wild-ass weekend at Bristol. Let's do it. You know, we're going to start the show off today by just being thankful that everybody was okay with, from the events over the weekend there. You know, thank, uh, thank God Del Jr. and Amy and Isla and the pilots and uh, everybody involved were safe and home and healthy. Um, you know, it's... It's it's uh, it turns your stomach when you hear stuff like that. And seeing those videos, it just looked like yeah. such a close call, you know. Yeah, I mean, just it's nothing ever good about that. So, but we, we heard thankful. they were okay before we saw the videos. But when you watch the video and you see that door pop open, it's like like you're watching a movie, yeah. and you're like, "Thank God, everybody!" Like you just said, made it, man. That was a a scary situation for those guys. Yeah. Anyway, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 22 Cup car, and uh, joining me we have the regular cast, but. Brett Griffin, Spotter, Clint Boyer. I've got A.J. Allmendinger this weekend at Road America, but we got a guy coming off a seventh-place finish at Bristol. Timmy, you have arrived if you're making it on Door Bumper Clear. Everybody give it up for Timmy Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to be here. You need to, do, you need to do the intro from now on at Driver Intros I for Timmy. I want to. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to do from now on. Is we that, should set that up. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you really ramped it up there. I feel like yeah. everybody would just get pumped up for yeah. Timmy Hill there. Yeah, we'll get him going, man. I could just hear the applause in the, in the back of my head right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Casey's in the house. Yes, with the yeah. lost voice. So, Why? sorry, no, guys. You have a I voice. Really know. You have a voice. It's Honestly, just I made voice. the mistake of going to a Buffalo Bills bar oh. this weekend for the Panthers game, and that's probably what did it, honestly. So, how is that a mistake? <laughs> well. It sounds I'm, like you were cheering too much. In Charlotte. So. Sorry, they did win. Thanks for cheering for the Bills. I appreciate it. Whatever. Yeah, start turning you. A so, Tim, I got to ask you, man. Seventh place last year at Daytona. Seventh place at Bristol this year. Which one's more fun? Uh, definitely Bristol. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I was telling somebody this the other day at, at Daytona. You know, I feel like <clears throat> most people don't give it enough credit. They say a lot of times that's luck. You know, you're boarding racks. Okay, half the field wrecked out. But in my opinion, you know, there's a lot of skill, so much skill. You see the same guys running up front of Daytona. So yeah. I still give that finish just as much credit as I do Bristol. But Bristol is one of those tracks where it just it's a constant grind. It's just You just never let up. And uh, it just feels like you really earned that one at Bristol. Yeah, Joy was in here last week, Logano, and he said it's by far 
the most physically challenging track. There's a lot going on. You never really get a break. So I saw you get up front on a couple of restarts. Obviously, finished well, man. That was cool. So driving for Carl Long, I've I've not known Carl a long time, but I've been around him a long time. When he kind of busted on the scene in the Cup Series and made a name for himself, he started making races. And when he was making Cup races, he was sending Daryl Waltrip home. So I mean, here's a three-time champ, 84 wins, and I remember Daryl would would turn around and buy Carl's ride, and Daryl would run that car, man. So what's he like to work for? Uh, I tell you, he's a, he's just a hard nosed guy. Um, all work, and uh, he's one of those guys who doesn't leave the shop. Uh, some of these owners will come in and uh, do some paperwork, and maybe, maybe give some of these guys a pat on the back. But he's in there turning wrenches, um, hu- just hustling. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's. We were talking about shop hours from seven in the morning to, gosh, uh, 10, 10 in the evening. I mean, he doesn't let up. Yeah. And on top of that, he'll take the hauler. He'll drive the hauler to the racetrack. So he's just a guy that doesn't let up. Yeah, does it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? what uh, you're running part-time in all three series this year, right? Yeah, uh, full-time Xfinity, part-time in trucks, part-time okay. in Cub. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I got you. So what's what's your goal for next year, plan for next year? Well, it's, it's always up in the air. It seems like uh, – with with drivers and racing, you never really know your plan unless you really have a, a you know big time sponsor and you know you're going to go to the racetrack and really compete well. So for us, um, I got a lot of things going on. I started my truck team this year and we've yeah. run. Uh, that's my seventh race we've run as a team uh, last night or this over the weekend at Bristol and. Yeah. Uh, we're going to try to do about 10 before the season ends. And next year, we don't know what, what we're going to do there. Um, I'd like to up the season, maybe go close to a full-time, if not a full-time schedule. But yeah. that's been a big learning curve. I want to at least come in this year, run a part-time schedule, kind of get my feet wet as an owner. And then uh, um, as far as Cup and Xfinity, uh, I'd like to see uh, where Carl's at. We, you know, we're always in negotiations. And uh, I've been with Carl Long's camp for – four years now maybe five years and um he's right. really taken me under his wing so i appreciate what he's done for me but we're, we're talking about what's best for the for the organization whether to stay in xfinity keep running xfinity or progress to the cup series i know cups talking about some changes coming up in the future so we're kind right. of uncertain there what we want to do in cup so yeah uh, i think he's up in the air right now what uh i mean your dad obviously was a racer your brother's a racer is that all you do to make a living right now or you do other things too yeah it's <clears throat> for me people ask you what do you do during the week so for me it's full-time gig you know i'm in the shop working on my truck so, you know, for us, uh, I only have one full-time employee. It was Greg Eli, my crew chief. Wow. I'm in the shop with him turning wrenches. I was just here this morning unloading the truck and um, pulling fuel cells out. I mean, it's not bust a butt all over here to uh, wow. do yeah. your show. And um, so for me, it's, it's just a full-time gig. It's just uh, that. And I still go to Carl's shop and work on Xfinity cars. It's tough to balance both my truck team and running the Xfinity car. So right. um, for me, it's just full-time racing. So you stay busy. Oh, yeah. yeah it's uh, A lot of guys, <clears throat> they, they, st- they like to say, you know, I come to the shop and work, but for me, it's, it's all I do. I uh, go to the shop at 7 in the morning. I don't leave till 5 or 6 in the evening. And I do it between two different shops, and then we're on the road again for the race weekend. So for me, it's it's no golfing, it's no boat rides, it's uh, no motorhomes, it's just straight work for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, there's always a feel-good story when the underdog does well, Cinderella does well. Obviously, you did this weekend. Um, when you look at Bristol, you look at a good finish – you know, every race for you isn't an easy race. It's not a top 10. It's That's not even probably a goal every race with what you're up against in terms of the equipment that you're in. And I know you guys are obviously working hard, but like, how do you manage that mentally of knowing some days when you get in the car, you just have to try to stay out of trouble and literally fight for straws and, and just hope you come out of there with a top 20? Like mentally, how do you prepare for that you know what i mean some tracks it's really tough to mentally prepare <clears throat> i know bristol for example is, is a track where 
if you know going into that race, if you don't have a very good car, it's going to be a really, really tough weekend. And I feel for some of those guys that maybe not had the best handling race cars at Bristol because that's just one place you can't hide. you got guys running high or guys running low. And um, those guys, they don't have – the fast guys you have, they don't have time to wait for you. So um, you're doing all you can. And this may be an unpopular opinion, but I, I think a lot of the guys who have to fight for – uh, some ill-handling race cars they have to do a tougher job than a lot of these guys driving the, uh, the top-notch cars so yeah um, a lot of these guys you know they give me grief all the time on social media but um, I've kind of learned to kind of tune that out because trust me the job I'm doing and the job some of these other guys are doing is it's really really tough yeah how much do you have to rely on or how much do you need obviously we're a spotter-ish podcast when uh, when TJ's winning I haven't been doing my part this year on that side of it. um <laughs> But how much do you have to rely on information? Because TJ and I get in here a lot of Mondays and we complain about drivers being in the way and complain about spotters not telling their drivers. I mean, we watched the five car at Bristol literally single-handedly take out every single cup driver in the field in that Xfinity race. How much does in that? Yeah, you're in that. How much do you have to rely or how much do you want to have a guy on the roof that you know he knows what he's doing? It's nice to have a guy that you can just put you know, your full trust into because what happens is you can get focused on some other things, focus out on what's ahead of you, and you don't you don't realize what's coming behind you. So um, if you have your, your trust in that guy, <clears throat> you're spotted on the roof, and he may have missed the call or he's looking somewhere a different direction for a wreck or something like that, then yeah. it's situations like what happened to some of these leaders happened um, in the Xfinity race. It's a tough scenario. Um, yeah. And sometimes I've had some some spotters at some different racetracks, especially road courses, where some of those guys may be volunteers and they're doing all they can and they can't spit the right words out. That's a nice so way of saying <laughs> they suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I've been in some of those situations where it's it's I haven't had the best spotters. And um, uh, well, you I, can't always afford the best spotters, right? I mean, some, you're not sometimes you're not available. Budget. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, it's really a true talent. I, I know you guys say it all the time, you know, but uh, it's it's a talent to say the right words at the right time and, and the amount of time you have to say it because Bristol, for example, it's a 15 second lap. Uh, so we're getting around that place extremely fast. Stuff happens extremely fast around yeah. that place, and I've had my fair share of things that have happened in my career because I haven't had the correct information relayed to me. Yeah. So it, it can be a tough scenario. It can be tough. Yeah. But to me, it helps. If you have a spotter and you're in a in a like in a car in the back, if you sometimes instead of you making the decision, if you know it's easier, you can't see out the back as well. Sometimes it's easier for the spotter. Look, just tell them where to be so they're not going to be in the way because you don't really know sometimes what all's coming and how fast it's coming, right? I mean, you, like you don't know. Sometimes you want to know. I don't feel like some of these guys get the info like, hey, the leaders are coming. They've been running the top down here, bottom down here. Just stay on the bottom, let them go around you. You know, I don't. I don't feel like they get that info a lot, and they probably don't. Then they drive like it. What do you think the 52 car in the Cup Series Bristol race was saying this weekend, TJ? What do you think his spotter was busy? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It was a constant cycle. I think there was (laughs) like – Which is what Bristol is. 10 52 cars in that race. Here comes a 52. Oh, there's another 52. As soon as it ends – Download the 52. As soon as it ends, it feels like it starts again. Like, you'd be like, all right, the leader's coming. He's 10 back. And then, you know, the the pack goes by, and you're like, all right, here comes the leader again. He's 10 back. It's like a – at Bristol, you you, you just, can't hide. No, like you can't. Mm-hmm. So, um, I had a I had a guy that was in that race that um, I've worked with in the Arca series, and he asked me for some advice for that race. And I told him, if I'm you running that race, I don't want to be the only. I don't want to be in the news for the wrong reasons. So I said, the best thing you can probably do is get to the bottom and just stay there, right around the bottom, let the cars go around you. It's way easier to pass a car that's running the bottom. Because you don't lose your momentum when you go around them. Like if you catch a guy off the corner and you got a lift, the guy behind you gets a run and then gets a chance at passing you. So I'm like, just stay on the bottom, stay out of the way. And I think he he finished the race. Um, 
came out of there, I think, 22nd, maybe 20th, which is for your first for whole Xfinity, race car. That's a good thing. With your fir- for your first Xfinity race there, and no no damage, nothing, um, that's probably okay. So you got Road America this weekend? So for me, I guess, you know, this, this business is kind of funny. You know, I'm going to Road America as a spotter. You know, oh, so yeah. I'll be up there with you guys. Awesome. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's funny how, you know, we'll have such a tremendous run at Bristol, then uh, your schedule could shift to where you become a spotter. So, right. Uh, but, yeah, I'm heading to Road America. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm full-time with uh, Carl Long. So whether I'm in the seat or, or I'm not, he still has me coming to the racetrack. Yeah. And you run, like, almost every race this year, maybe all but two or something. Yeah, you know, the only races I've missed um, – uh, we were able to get my brother driving a Phoenix and a couple of different places where I, I pulled myself out to go spot. And actually, I think we were yeah. side by side. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. took that picture. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> and, uh, but I was uh, in the middle of watching my Gamecocks lose on my phone. And I feel somebody tapping me on the shoulder. And I look up, and I'm like, damn, this guy's big. I'm like, damn, this is Timmy Hill. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting down. This is probably in a good angle. <laughs> but uh, like I said, for the most part, I'm, I'm in the car most every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right, well, Casey, let's uh, let's actually, get this thing rolling. Actually, before we get started, Jason did some uh, research before you came on the show. Okay, awesome. In October of 2018, you did an interview with Jeff Gluck, and you told <laughs> him that <laughs> Brett has the most punchable Punch face. Mark, I can believe that. And I just have to start off by saying thank you. I agree. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, there are certain points where I love him, but there are certain points where... He is without a doubt the most punch, has the most punchable face. So thank you. Yeah. Do, do you still agree now that you are sitting at the table with him? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I retweeted that and I was like, man, this makes my day. You know what? Right around that time, probably within a week or so of that, we went to Kansas and I looked and I went to this gas station and I see him pumping gas. And I think I rolled down the window and hollered at him like, hey. So don't let Brett catch you here. <laughs> it, 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 you did. It was in Kansas at the gas station. It was the funniest thing. I did that interview with Jeff Clark, and it seemed like every week after that, I was just running into you guys. Yeah, <laughs> so was, it, was, it, was it because you really didn't like him at the time? Because, I mean, that's fair, too. So you, you tell me, has that changed <laughs> a little bit? Well, yeah, yeah. It's, I think what happens is um, sometimes, I don't know, spotters, different people in general, fans are this way, too, is they don't understand what goes on in the second half of the field. Like I said, it's a tough job what we're doing. I don't, I don't know if Brett even recognizes how, how tough a job I, what I was doing was. And for me, um, I, I, I'm sure these guys realize it now, but th- there's certain guys you can put in some of these cars that run towards the back of the field that you really wish you had Timmy Hill out there because I'm somebody who can at least hold, hold a, a pretty good line and let you guys go. But right. Um, right. Um, I think I've, a lot of misunderstandings <laughs> between us both. I think the best thing about our sport is how small our garages are and how small these towns really get. I mean, no matter – we talked about it last week with Logano – Two drivers wreck each other. They talk shit about each other. The next week, they're in the back of the truck together. Like, it's the best thing ever. So, I think it's uh, it's good to see personalities mix, obviously. This is a good thing because the last guy he didn't like was Ross, and now his buddy is with Ross. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, he, was, he was tweeting stuff about Ross, like, never loading watermelon trucks in his life. Now they're buddy, buddy. Never loaded a watermelon <laughs> now truck. Now buddy, buddy, man. Now this so, guy owns a bunch of watermelon 2009, farms. <laughs> 2020, Brett's going to be spot for Timmy yeah. Hill. We'll have you full-time <laughs> in a cup car. Jimmy Johnson out. Timmy Hill's coming in. <laughs> We're friends. Play some best friend That's music right now. That's how this works. <laughs> People, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it going. That's pretty good, yeah. Um, So you have anything else to say about Bristol? I know you two uh, had some. I didn't run many laps, really. Real fun. We destroyed it in the uh, Xfinity race. Went sliding in there. and uh, and It it seems like to me, if you're not in a Toyota right now, 
you've got an uphill battle to fight. I mean, those guys in the Cup Series, holy cow. There's a lot more parity in the Xfinity Series for whatever reason. But, man, right now, those, those, those yeah, Cup are, cars are flying. The uh, Xfinity program isn't quite as dominant as what it used to well, the last couple of years. But, um, yeah, we started our Cup. Man, there's nothing like starting the Cup race off at Bristol. 20 30 laps in and going three laps down from a flat tire that sucks yeah that's not because you're not getting that back these days uh, well we got it back and then right after that is when i don't Knocked know the nose in bowman or somebody hit the wall right in front of us and we couldn't turn down um quick enough and then we got hit again so someone else hit the wall in front of us and we run into the back of them so we pretty much hit everything we could so and, clint uh, was having a good race had a good car run a top six ish we're catching a lap car so car on the bottom Still inside, still inside, still inside. Uh, hold the brake. Uh, all right, get it rolling, turn right. Who was that? I think it was that 52 car, but I'm not a 52, oh. 53. I don't know which one it was. So Clint's I like, saw what? you go sliding Clint's down like, what, what, what happened? I was like, cleared yourself and you weren't clear. <laughs> so yesterday he came over and we were on the lake all day, and every time I got a chance to gouge him about it, I was – well, he got he took your wallet. That's who's got your yeah, wallet. I can't find my wallet. I think he stole it. Dude, Clint's got your wallet, man. Yeah, he stole hey, it. Dude, I saw Clint gave away a Traeger grill. I know. How about that? We need to do that. They can hit, I think he's got a deal going with him or something. They, well, we should have a deal going I know, with him. I know. So, yeah, I saw Brett go side 901. A couple, like, you do clear yourself a lot when you're passing cars, and you're judging it by your speed going by them. But sometimes you're you're just so caught up in it, and I saw the ten do it as well. The ten did it down to one. He was passing a lap car. And he's just trying to get to the bottom, um, and he just misjudged it by a little bit. Yeah, and you, you know he wrecked himself. So yeah. I mean, you're lucky he didn't hit anything. Like oh, he's lucky somebody hit him. Like forty one yeah. almost got him. The eighteen could have got him. I mean, it could have oh, certainly was close. Yeah. Could have certainly ended our day. And but the bad yeah. part about it was I'm a, surprised we didn't hit you. It was a double. <laughs> yeah, you hit everything else. <laughs> no. it, was a, it was a double screwing because he screwed himself. And obviously, you know, lost the track position at the time, but then it created a caution at the end of a stage. So all the guys who needed stage points stayed out, such as Ryan Newman and the Suarez. Uh, and, and so then it just screwed us, man. Suarez and Newman finished second, third. They get all those stage points. We get zero points. Like, What was, was your buffer going into that race? Man, I want to say six points, which isn't but, really a buffer. But now you're... I don't out. know if we're 16th or 17th, to be you're, honest with you're you. You're 17 right by yeah. like two, two, I think. It's, yeah, close. it's close. I don't know. That's just how close it is right now. You can't afford yeah. to – you have to play offense and defense like almost at the same time in Darlington. Like if you get – you almost – you have to stage race. Yeah. 100%. Well, it's like opinion. I told Clint going into the race, man. You know, we, we've been playing a lot of defense, and, and I feel like when I turn on TV and I watch a team that's playing prevent defense, they get scored on every single time. Like, yeah. go back into attack mode, go race, have fun, stop worrying about it, because, I mean, we're literally racing guys that I haven't seen all year to make this yeah. playoff. Like, just – we were in pretty good or, shape. Or, yeah, we you were. were in good shape that race. Like, you were in yeah. you were in the top ten-ish right in that area. Yeah, a whole day, which whole is where Which is really all you wanted to do is finish top ten. If, yeah, if I would have told you you could finish eighth before you got there and walk out with it, you probably would have taken it. Well, Suarez got all his bonus points. Then we finished seventh. I think Newman finished eighth. Yeah, first guy lap down. But which Suarez we'll pointed you because he took them stage. Both points. of them did. Yeah, and that's the weird yeah. thing about our sport these days. Like you can have a great stage one, great stage two, finish twentieth, and beat a guy in points that ran eighth. You know, it's just the yeah. way it is. If you get up there and win, we wouldn't even be talking about. That. I know. I tried. I've been trying. <laughs> I, I, how many times I played in my head that man? I wish we'd have moved Martin Truex to Richmond. Because it would have made it, all this stuff not even matter, but it's what it is. Yeah, Bristol was awesome. It was fun, that, and I, I watched the first two races on TV. Right at Richmond, 
Bristol. I'm talking about. Oh, oh that is Bristol, some of the best. Yeah, at Richmond is when we should have moved. True. I was going to say we were right. We were right behind Martin at Richmond. <laughs> well, you came from third to second because I wore my <laughs> out trying oh, yeah. to race him. I should have moved him yeah. and went on. But anyway, back to Bristol. Um, as a fan, I watched Friday night. You know, and then Saturday night I watched it to see what the track was going to do. So that Sunday I was mentally somewhat in the game. Right. Probably the best racing at Bristol this weekend I've ever seen. You know, I don't, I'm not talking about old Bristol, new Bristol. I felt like the track itself, Timmy, obviously you ran on it. I mean, what, what do you think, man? Yeah. I mean, I like to agree, you know, it, um, I think last year's Bristol and even the spring, I think guys really went to the top right away. And I think NASCAR's done a good job and they're trying to perfect it. So they still got a little more ways to go, but, uh, the way they applied the PH one, uh, this weekend really made it, bottom dominant for a while yeah and for us you know i couldn't make my car work up high until like maybe the last 30 laps of the race so i found myself using the bumper quite a bit more and, and you know being more aggressive you know rubbing fenders and uh, i think that puts on a better show and then i think for the cup race obviously they start going to the top quicker yeah uh, it's just longer race more cars out there but uh, yeah i like to agree i mean i think it was really good racing this weekend yeah quick update on our pristine auction bids last week we bid on the uh, post malone signed microphone for brett unfortunately he's pretty popular jason you're fired i actually yep. started listening to some of his music this week because those songs you sent me they were pretty good so we <laughs> yeah. didn't win that but i'm not gonna give you crappy music to listen to <laughs> i just wish he'd stop getting all those tattoos on his face yeah that was it's was <laughs> a little much so casey what do you want to bid on this week Oh, I'm going for a, a Garth Come Brooks on. signed photo. You're not you going to get that. Exactly. Well, then there's a baseball that's signed by Garth Brooks. He may not pay, play baseball, but if it has Garth Brooks' name on it, Do I'll that. take it. This is the last week you and Jason pick what we pick. Are you serious? We're going to yes. end up with TJ's a table that has Buffalo Bills and Gamecock stuff. <laughs> At least we <laughs> no, win items. That's not true. At least we win. I didn't pick this Because nobody thing. wants that Jason stuff. Jason picked the Gamecock thing. I picked something true. else. Nobody wants anything Buffalo Bills or Gamecocks, clearly. It doesn't have to be. We can find way cooler stuff than what you're going for. You, What was the last photo you wanted? Listen to this. What did I want? Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Bradley Cooper. Seriously. Really? Yes. Okay. Because you're a guy. <laughs> this is why you... So what are we you going for? What you miss half the shows anyway. On? You shouldn't get to pick. Are you serious? You're talking... You're standing next to the guy that literally has missed half the season. I didn't. We're not talking about him right now. We're talking about you. I missed and your like items. two. And Same. your items you pick. Okay, two, two within a, like two a, a month. <laughs> I would rather have like an autograph, different picture of the Titanic or something. I don't know. We can probably find that honestly. A Garth Brooks base. No, we want like let's get like. I know. Oh, like, I'm trying to get Chaz to take me to a Garth Brooks next? concert. Remember when Garth Brooks became that Chris Gaines guy? He was like this big mega country star, and he switched to be this pop pop guy. Ish, yeah. Boy, he didn't do that well. <laughs> However, Taylor Swift did it real well. Real, real. She well. went from a cute little hot country thing to a mainstream mega star. Oh yeah, she's hot. All right, so I'll bid on this Garth Brooks signed baseball. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> Yay! Let's win. If Casey doesn't win. Done. She's not allowed to pick anymore. <laughs> you struck out. Freddie needs to be here because honestly, he would stick up for me. He went to the concert. He understands. Do you like I've been, Garth? To, I've been to see Garth Brooks. He's all right. All right. <laughs> he runs around on stage all night, and hollers. <laughs> he People went down to the sun comes up. Ain't going into to get enough. <laughs> I think it's time to move on. Spot on, spot off. Spot on, spot on, spot off. He's spot off that. Spot on, you like it. Spot off, you don't like it. And you say why either way. 
First topic, Ryan Newman races De Benedetto hard in the closing laps before he loses the lead and finishes P2. Timmy, you're up. He, we're just throwing him into the fire yes. here? Yes. Spot, okay, basically, spot on if you like it, spot off if you don't like it. And why? And why? Um, well, for, for me, I, I think it's I, I spot off, I guess. I don't think he should have raced him that quite as that hard. Um, and reason being is there's no problem. I've had no problem whatsoever lap cars, racing leaders to keep their lap. But I always have a thing, and we're always really respectful in the closing lap, especially when you got a guy chasing you, to uh, let those guys race it out because at that point in the race, it's, it's all but over. But in the first half of the race or even three-quarters of the way through, i got no problem with somebody racing for their lap. Uh, and that's just kind of how I see it. Yeah. I don't think Ryan was trying. I think a lap car, he wasn't trying to get held up by the lap. But you got to understand here, Newman is in a points battle himself right here. He's on the bubble right where you, like, he's in your battle there. Ryan is doing the best he can. I don't know I don't know who was around him that he's racing at the time. One point to Ryan Newman right now is big. So I get Ryan. Like It's not like Ryan was trying to wreck Matt. There was a slow car on the bottom in front of them, and Ryan felt like he couldn't get caught up behind the guy, which I don't know if it was going to cost him a point or what. I don't know, but I, he's in a he's in a tough spot. If that's a point, if he get if he got a point out of that or prevented from losing a point, I can't. I don't know why you could think he'd be wrong. Ryan Newman and Ricky Stenhouse. When I catch those guys, I literally go, "Oh, here we go!" Like you know, you're in for a battle to pass them, and you know <laughs> it's almost like trying to pass a kidney stone to get by them guys, right? But and typically, so typically I would be on Dibbedetto's side. But TJ just made arguably the best point he's ever made on the show. Ryan Newman is racing for his entire season. There were about twenty laps to go when Matt caught him. Yes, he held Matt up. But if Ryan Newman stays on the lead lap and a caution comes out and he's running eighth, it gives him an opportunity to potentially go get a top five because you're eighth. You're going to get the top on a restart. There are a lot of positives for him to stay on the lead lap. And in addition. Here's, here's where it gets tricky. Once Matt got by him, then Ryan's brain went off and said, I don't need this guy to win this race because if he wins this race, I'm going to be now fighting for 15th in points because 16th in points is no longer good enough to make the playoff. So he didn't hold Denny Hamlin up at all. So best case scenario for Ryan Newman, he still got a good finish, still had a good points night, and even though he didn't finish on the lead lap, the guy that needed to win the race for Ryan Newman, the 11 car, did. So yeah. for Ryan Newman, spot on. For Matt DiBendetto, the underdog story, the guy who clearly had a terrible first half of his season, second half of his season's going really well. Um, it sucks. But, man, that's Bristol. They both had – Matt had a chance to make the playoffs if he wins that race. Ryan had a chance to miss the playoffs if he lose, if, if How do you blame either one of them? They're both doing their jobs. Without wrecking each other, I mean – I don't. I don't blame the guy. Fans were yeah. mad. Uh, I, I guess you know. I didn't even think about it from that aspect. Yeah, I guess you know. If Matt did win that race. Um, the fans are mad yeah. because they wanted the feel good story, which is great. Matt drove a great race, but Ryan Ryan's crew guys deserve his whole team deserves where they're to be. Yeah, you know. So let them figure it out. And I'm it, there's you can't get mad at somebody for racing, man. That's what we're there to do. No. And that guy is there to race and make his season. What if Ryan goes from here and wins the championship? What are we going to say? That's probably because that. it because he came out of that. Yep. So. Yep. For sure. If he's 16th in points when we leave Indianapolis and he's in the playoff, it came down to that. Yeah. I'm, how do you blame a guy for that? He's doing. 
they pay him to do that. Yeah. That's his job to do. And he does it well, by the way. <laughs> he does it well, but that's Ryan, man. That's We all know when you catch Ryan Newman that you have your hands full. He's very good at not making mistakes. He's very good at putting the car and making it very hard for you to pass. You know when you pass Ryan Newman, you've earned it. Yeah. Fair. Uh, next spot on spot off, we have some Xfinity Race standout finishes with Jeremy Clements, P4, Gray Galding, P6, Timmy Hill, P7, and <laughs> Landon Castle, <laughs> P10. TJ, spot on or spot off? I want to hear Timmy. <laughs> you know, good for those guys. Those teams, good for the teams. And, and uh, you know, those guys, it's cool because all them guys, and I don't know how many guys are on Gray's car or, or Jeremy's car, you know, but those guys left there feeling good you know and i'm glad for them guys to come out of there like that um you know spot on for them landing cops back in the car that he used to run comes out there with a solid run um so you know spot on for them guys to do that you know how many guys work on your xfinity car well um three or four exactly man <laughs> you know that van ride home after that race for them guys was probably pretty fun so a lot of high five and a lot of feel i mean you want feel good stories there they are i mean talk to them guys riding home in them vans man they 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 had the best saturday and sunday probably they probably worked too i don't know they probably worked sunday who knows but um they probably had the best saturday and sunday they've had in a while just because of that man so spot on for those guys i'm spot on for us being at bristol honestly because if we were at a mile and a half racetrack this wouldn't happen short tracks and restrictor plate tracks give guys like timmy hill like Greg galding who aren't Greg galding actually of this group is probably in my opinion in the best car uh but but it gives guys like landon castle like Timmy, the opportunity to go out, run a clean race, yet be competitive and make the most out of it and get a top 10, top five finish. So, man, just spot on for, for obviously you guys doing that, but spot on for short track racing because it creates that. Yeah. Yeah, and then for me, of course, spot on. You know, Timmy Hill, those guys, are, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all these guys, you know, like, I'm reading the list. Jeremy Clemens, P4, that's tremendous. I mean, those guys, Greg Galding and Atlanta Castle, P10, along myself, P7. So, um, I think Gray's been in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's been doing some push-ups or something. Yeah, <laughs> he looks buff, you know. <laughs> uh, but, no, it's, uh, like I said, hats off to all those guys. He, these are guys um, who finish you know, they work a lot, a lot of uh, – <laughs> 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 uh, They work a lot of hours, yeah. Like, and um, I know for our guys, I mean, they're, they're – you know, it's almost like we won the race, you know. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. These guys, they didn't go there thinking they were going to finish, you know, top ten probably – and they leave there with a single-digit finish. Man, that's awesome for them guys. Justin Allgaier leading in the closing laps. Think hit ran over something. Went up and hit the wall. Obviously put Reddick in a chance to to win his win the race. I don't you know. know how that like how it was all exciting. How? You ever type Reddick into your phone? Like I can't tweet anything about Reddick. So one of these days I'm going to hit send, <laughs> and it's going to not say Reddick straight through. There's going to be a space in there. <laughs> Jason's doing it right now to see what happens. I hope. I hope you. I hope you work with Tyler. I hope you work with Tyler sometime soon, so you tweet about it. But yeah, what a comeback for him! Yeah, on pit road lap one of the race. I don't. On pit road lap one of the race because they failed tech four times, I think. So they did a drive through at the beginning, but there was a caution. How when we get that first caution? Pretty early, right? Pretty early, yeah. Really so that kind of helped him out a bunch. Um, otherwise, his race could have got really long. But um, yeah, what a comeback, man! And then just. 
to take advantage of the attrition and not be part of it. At one point, I looked at him. He was sliding through three and four trying to pass the leader. I mean, wrecking again. And I'm like, what are you doing? That place holds 160,000 people. It certainly wasn't full all weekend, but it, there was a lot more people there than we've seen in the past years. And it's because the racing is phenomenal. And a lot of times, you know, drivers don't catch enough crap for this to me. A lot of times it's in the driver's hands as to how good the race is. And at that place that this particular weekend, I felt like, man, we saw you guys putting it all out there. So we, it was awesome. we'll talk about that because Ross made a comment about it later. We'll oh, talk yeah. about that in the show. Don't you worry. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Next topic, the Bristol track surface. Brett, I'm sure you have something to say about it. Spot yep. on, spot off. I think it's like Timmy said, spot on. I mean, we saw the bottom work longer than it's been working in past years, really, since they reconfigured it, redid it, repaved it, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so spot on for the track service, spot on. I mean, Logano said it last week on here. Every time we've used a PJ1, it's like we've gotten a little bit better at it. To start with, man, they were in left field. They were putting it in the wrong spots. Now they're, they're making this thing work. So I was totally spot on for the track surface. Yeah, I don't, <clears throat> I don't have a problem with the track service at all. It came, it was fast at the bottom for a while, and then you know you were you could you were forced to move up a little bit, and it didn't really uh, get crazy fast for any series other than the Cup cars up top. But um, I guess Xfinity cars kind of got there a little bit, but not not like the Cup cars will. Um, but yeah, spot on for it. Yes, like I said, spot on. We touched on it earlier, and uh, any anytime you get a. Um a chance for a driver to change throughout the entire race, I think it's always a good thing. Let me ask you this, Timmy. Like, Ross, I saw, made a comment about those guys grinding the top or doing whatever they did to the top and not telling anybody. As a driver, does that kind of piss you off? It, it kind of does, yeah, because, you know, like for me, for example, especially my own truck and driving Carl's car, you know, we, we don't have a whole lot of extra equipment to have. So say if I were to go up there and just try that groove and was expecting a, diff, a, a racetrack that I had there in the spring and didn't have that racetrack and that I would have wiped my truck out or wiped, you know, Carl Long's car out, I mean, that would have been devastating because I didn't have the knowledge. And um, I, I would have liked to at least known that. Yeah, I agree. Danny Hamlin tweeted about that, then Marcus Smith replied with a tweet that said Bristol was experiencing a high volume of calls based on the truck racing on Friday. So, Well, I mean, I get that, right? I mean, he's they're, they're in the promoter business, but at the same time, I mean, we're in the racing business, and we need to know what we're racing on and racing with. I mean, the track is important, duh. The tire <laughs> is important, duh. Yeah. So if Goodyear goes and changes the tire, like we need to know when the track is changing something that's significant because we don't need guys tearing up race cars for no reason. And not to mention, it could be dangerous. Next one, Natalie Decker wrecks in the truck race and then gets turned by the tow truck. Jason, you want to play that audio? Inside, 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 inside. We're wrecked. I bring it to the road. I don't know how the f I call inside the whole way down the back stretch. We still drive to the bottom of the corner getting into three. Eddie, you got to listen to the spotter. If you would have came down when you're supposed to up at two, this never would have happened. Maybe just a little tight right in the center. The toe seems like it's back to normal. They're pretty close. Well, I'm sure it's a little tight now when you knock the side of the truck off. You better start learning how to listen to your spotter. That's a 0-2 ass pack. Just put her into the inside wall. Fire it up if you can here. Take it to the garage. Turn left. Take it to the garage. Completely lost right now. Like I don't even know why I'm up here. 
<laughs> out. I'm taking my <laughs> off. See you guys later. Man, that was funny. Brett, I don't think I've ever seen your face oh, that red. You were dying. Well, here's the thing about it that people don't know. It's not like all that happened right in a row, right? This audio was compiled and edited to the point that we're listening to it straight through. So this was over the course of her race, however, however long she was out there. But what we do know is she wasn't listening to her spotter. Or at least the crew chief didn't think so. And Kevin, obviously, Kevin Hamlin's a good friend of mine and TJ's. I've helped Kevin in this business several times. Real good dude. Um, he has since departed that particular truck. I don't think he'll be spotting for Natalie anymore. But the, the thing about it, man, is, you know, I, I don't know that we necessarily understand the context of what we're listening to. But it is absolutely hysterical. Yeah, well done on the recording clip there, guy. Whoever made that. Um you know, it's not like a, I don't know. I, I don't. I feel bad for both sides there. It's just not a good situation. Um, you know, she's out there trying to do the best she can, and was probably maybe there a little. She probably got pushed a little fast on what she's ready for. Um, you so, talking with a tow truck director? <laughs> yeah, maybe both. both. Have you ever seen that happen before? You ever seen a tow truck spin a car out? Uh, no, I have not. But I have now. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just um, funny, but kind of not funny at the same time, in my opinion. Because you, you know, you don't, you don't want to be in that situation. You don't, um, you don't. It's not a fun. It's not fun to be a part of that situation. I, you know, she wasn't trying to do it. Like I feel bad because she does. Like I feel like she tries so hard, and she's getting a lot of crap lately. So you can't wreck every week. I mean, yeah. you can't. No matter how slow you are, no matter how fast yeah. you are. I mean, Timmy knows this. For your reputation and for your team, guys, that's what people really don't realize. Man, they have to almost be out of trucks. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't – I don't care how much money you got and, and how big an organization may be, but you can't just keep going through vehicles. So I, f- I feel bad for, for Natalie and for all of her guys. You know, like I said, that was a, kind of a funny clip for us to listen to. But uh, for those guys, I feel for them, though, because I, I know how much work goes into these trucks and these vehicles and how much time and effort that these guys are doing. So you never want to see your stuff continue to get tore up. And, uh, and poor Natalie, uh, it seems like every weekend there seems to be some kind of um, – a mishap so um this i think was just uh, i think for jason spotting i think it was just uh stuff piling up and finally i think he may hit a boiling point you never never like to hear that on the radio he, he, hear your guys give up on you but uh funny to listen to but for those guys that feel for him <laughs> man i i agree somebody tweeted tj and i last night said would you spot for her? and my answer was no and it's <laughs> it's not because she's bad it's because i don't think i could help her you know what I mean? Like, I want to either be as a spotter in a competitive situation or in a situation I was in with a Trevor Bain, a Mike Snyder, you know, a guy who is got talent and a guy who has opportunity to get better, and you have an opportunity to help them. TJ's worked with a lot of kids, more kids than I have, more young people than I have. Um, and I just don't think at this point, after seeing what I've seen out of her, I don't think I could help her. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would now after seeing that. Yeah, I don't I – don't. You already know. You already, I feel like I already know, you know. So I don't. I don't. Know. I had a conversation with a, with a buddy of mine this weekend who spots for uh, for a car that's not great, and that's a driver who makes a lot of bad decisions. And I'm like, why are you doing this, dude? Like, you're not helping yourself. And as spotters, TJ will tell you, just like as a driver, Timmy's trying to get yourself in a situation to get better, which is be more competitive, make more money down the road, make a living for your family. Right? We're doing the same things as spotters. So you know, every decision that I've tried to make has been. To, to certainly, like I said, be competitive and help somebody. Because if you can do those two things, if you can help a kid, I mean, I'll never forget in Texas, I told Trevor something, he picked up three tents. Crew chief literally keyed up and goes, 
there's not a change I'm going to make in here to pick a guy three tenths. You helping him with that line is what picked him up. So that's what all I'm saying is I don't think I could help her. So you wouldn't spot for? No. Nah. The gym? Well, maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> uh, those, I don't know, man. Those Lululemon things that, that Casey turned me on to, they're uh, amazing. They are amazing. Next. They make them for Next. guys. Did you know they make Lululemon for guys? Yes. yes. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I can How pull do you that know? Because I you? saw them in the store. How much How were they? You, oh, Three million dollars. The guy that wear jean shorts where you can dance. Actually, I found some like knockoffs on Amazon that are $20. So <laughs> I've been skimping and going on Amazon. What, what's that brand? Oh, I'll send you the link. Don't worry. Well, I'll let me. They, they might have. Do they make a, my size? I got a gym <laughs> membership. I bet they don't make Timmy's size. He's like 6'5". <laughs> <six, five. laughs> hey, I got a gym membership, by the way. You want to go? Really? Yeah. No? <laughs> I can take somebody. I'm okay. allowed to take a guest. You got a buddy pass? It's, I'm just allowed to take somebody. What gym is it? Planet Fitness. Oh, I used to oh. be member there. I like it. You want to go? I can just take you with me. Sure. They, they have great tanning beds. A what? They got a bar in there? For protein shakes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I haven't been there. (laughs) But you got a membership. Yeah. I'm ready if I ever want to work out. If you decide to. Yes. Uh, Next one. David Reagan announces his retirement. Spot on, spot off. Uh, TJ. Um, Man, I, I don't know. I'm... Spot off, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> spot, spot on for David for making the decision. I'm not sure what the terms were. If he felt like he, I feel like there's things he might have felt like things were kind of stacking up against him to be in a decent car or, or something. I don't know, but you know, at least uh, he gets family time with his kids and stuff, and um, you know, spot on for that. Yeah, I mean, I, if he's going out on his own terms, I'm 100% spot on. You know, as, as someone who listened to a little bit of what he had to say about his kids and his family and the time at home, I totally get it because, man, I, I feel like that a lot of times too, you know, and, and I know TJ probably does too. Um, and, and clearly he knows more about his situation than I do. So, I mean, spot on. It, it, he seems young to me, you know, to, to be able to walk away, and hopefully he's still going to come back and run some races. David's a, a really, really, really good plate racer. You know, he's won a couple of plate races. Um, his biggest break was obviously driving that six UPS car and did well, but not great, you know, and, and that was at a time when Roush was kind of plateauing and trying to figure out which direction they were going to go. So he's had a good career, man, and, and started a lot of races, run a lot of races, and certainly a really, really, really nice guy. Yeah. And, and like I said, I think it's spot on for David. You know, he's he's been a great ambassador for the sport. And he's a re- really good spokesperson, and he's got a lot of experience. And uh, he's dedicated a lot of his time over these years. He's been in the sport a long time. Uh, I, I know for me, he's somebody who I always looked up to as a driver and um, because he's done it so well. And uh, one thing I took away from his retirement, he did say that he is still open for maybe some part-time stuff here and there. So yeah, uh, I think hats off to him that he wants to spend time with his family and his kids and um, I, I got all about respect for that. He's a guy that can come in and help, you know, a Timmy Hill Motorsports. You know, if you get an opportunity where there's a little bit of funding and you can put a guy like him in your seat, he can come in and really evaluate your equipment and let you know exactly where you stand. Because, like yeah. you said, I mean, he's, he's had so much experience across all three, you know, series. He's he certainly could be a tool for an organization down the road. Not to mention an Xfinity team that has a second car and they're going to Talladega or Daytona and they want to put somebody in. They know. They need to get a solid finish. So he's the type of guy that can go and do that. Yeah, Amarola, to me, and David Reagan are two very good plate racers who don't necessarily get a lot of attention about it. Let's take a break and see what's coming up this week on the Deal Junior Download. 
Listen up. When you're done listening to Door Bumper Clear, go listen and subscribe to my podcast, The Dale Jr. Download. This week, rising young NASCAR racer William Byron stops by. Plus, catch us on TV Tuesday, 5 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. The Dale Jr. Download, available on major podcast platforms. The Dale Jr. Download. What is OfferPad? We're the new way homes are sold. We're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern selling solution with a human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. Selling to OfferPad means no showings, you pick your closing day, and we'll even move you locally for free. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free, and there's no obligation. We want to buy your home, so request your offer today. OfferPad. Move freely. Offer pad's the easiest way to sell your home. Timmy, have you got a home? You got a house? Yes. Yeah. If you want to sell it, you go to offerpad.com. They'll give you a free evaluation to tell you how much they'll pay for your home, and it only takes five minutes to go online to do it. Yeah, and you'll get an offer from them within 24 hours. So, And uh, the cool part about it is if you do sell, they'll move you for free. So me and Brett come over, tank tops. Shirtless. Lululemon <laughs> pants. And we You're moved. trying to sell him <laughs> on you this one. The, you can see the cock that I have on my shoulder. Oh, man. I'm sunburnt. You All guys right. are not doing a great job selling him on this. I'm just going to anyway, say. Anyway, oh, so if you oh, want to sell your great. home offer pad, it literally only takes five minutes, and within 24 hours you get an offer, and you uh, you can move the closing date as many times as you want as well. So, Despite you not liking my game cock on my shoulder, which I saw you smile at it, grin at it, this is the easiest way to sell your home. So you guys that are listening, go to offerpad.com. Let's go in the fast lane. Three racing questions. One off-the-wall question. 30 seconds to respond to each. Only 30 seconds. How are you going to stop from talking? Good luck. Fast lane. First question. Mike Bagley tweeted that Greg Stucker of Goodyear said 18-inch tires will run in NASCAR beginning in 2021. What does this mean, and is it a good or a bad change? Why do you give him all the tough questions? He's the driver. (laughs) TJ... As an analyst, you should realize, or as the host of the show, you should realize why Timmy should go first. He's you know, gonna have a much you better know that punchable face in NASCAR yeah. comment. That's one of the reasons right why. This is the, this is the opportunity in the show for Timmy to sound really smart, okay. and I want to give him that option. I know, but he's so nice. I don't want to look at that guy's hat, Brett. It's oh. the wrong color. Okay, let's get not get sidetracked. Timmy, what do you think? The Gamecocks. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I don't know what it's gonna mean for driving, you know, but. Um, you know, just thinking about uh, being an owner now, I think about a lot of ownership side of things. Uh, for us, you know, unless Goodyear comes down with some of the tire prices, and I won't get into too much of that, uh, it's a detriment for the truck side and the Xfinity side because a lot of times we'll go over to cup teams and we'll try to get some um, scuffs as a smaller team. And uh, with them going to a different tire size, I'm assuming it's just for the cup series with the new car coming out that um, uh, there'll be less tires for a smaller team like ours to try to get so potential huge financial repercussions for you guys for yes for, for us expanding these truck teams small teams is going to be uh, probably a big detriment for us right when you and you don't have to give us the numbers i mean we, we, i know the numbers too but when you go and you get a set of used tires from a cup team all right you get a set of scuffs right are you getting them for half price, or quarter price, or free sometimes? How does it work? Uh, it could be free. It could be quarter price. It really, it depends on you know some relationships you may have with some of these teams, alliances, and whatnot. So um, it's um, a, fr- a fraction. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could cost you four to six more thousand dollars a weekend as an owner. Oh, e- easily, easily. Easily. Yeah. And then yeah. that's just money that we, we just don't have. Yeah. Right. Man. Wow. I think about yeah. that side. See why I, I went first? I'm not, I'm not really sure. I, I, I don't, it's a bigger tire, right? It's more, more, more like touching the racetrack, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why? They're already stuck. <laughs> We're just going to stick them more. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why we're worried about the next tire when this tire needs to wear out. That's 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 all I really care about as a racer is I want to see tire wear. I want to see Timmy have to manage the tire and in the first 10 laps be able to wear it out. You know, like I want to see a front runner like Kyle Busch at Dover check out. And then I want to see a guy like Clint Boyer that can save his tires be coming on the last 25 laps of the run and mowing guys down. So, you know, as we've seen with this tire, kind of where you sort out after restarts is kind of where you get stuck. And I don't know if this – just gives us, like TJ said, maybe more of that. So you're saying Gray manages tires better? Yeah, at Bristol. Jeez. <laughs> Next one. After the truck race, Ross Chastain said that it will take aggressive driving like he did to fill the grandstands back <laughs> up. Do you believe drivers should be more aggressive in the name of putting on a show and attracting more fans? Brett, for you. Man, I think if you leave the truck race – that particular night and everybody's mad at you you did something right you did exactly what as tj said ryan newman did he did his job man he drove like he was dale earnhardt he was wild he was all over the place he was moving people his truck was turning better than a lot of guys he wouldn't let them hold him up and that's why i said earlier i think a lot of times you know when we we watch a race and we don't necessarily see an a of, of, of entertainment value it's because maybe the guys aren't driving hard enough you know like I look at what he did, and there was no doubt. I mean, his in-car camera, he was driving as hard as anybody possibly could. Uh, man, great. You know, great excitement. I'm all for rough driving, but I want to see when when it comes back to Ross again, you know, you're moving people that might not have as much to lose as you at ter- certain times. Does this come back to hurt him eventually, and how does he handle at that point? Well, I think it does put people back in the stands. And to salute on your point, TJ, yeah, if uh, Ross moves somebody, leaves me back home saying, man, that was, that was pretty cool to watch. And then it leaves you that extra excitement for the next race saying, hey, Ross moved that guy. Let's see it happen back to him. You know, I think it yeah. adds more excitement. Let's say you're in a competitive truck, you know, and you're having a fifth, sixth place night. Ross gets to you and knocks you out of the way. You're out of the championship hunt, and when he catches you the rest of the year, do you make it harder for him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's certain guys, you know, even with our pack, with, of course, my truck, we're, you know, we're still building ground, but there's certain guys back in that 15th area range that yeah, uh, well, I, mean, even, I, I got their yeah. number. Yeah, <laughs> you well, know? you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, now, to me, you got to – he has to be real careful, and he has to be real careful in who he's doing this to. And I hate to say this, but after getting to know Ross, working with him on the business side, working with him, obviously, on the spotting side and Xfinity – I don't think he cares. Like, I think he truly shows up, and he's going to give it his all. And if you get mad at him, he doesn't care. And when you pay him back, he's probably going to care, right? He but, has a lot on the line in general, just being the underdog driver. I mean, I don't know that – I don't think he's an underdog anymore, right? He's that's doing not pretty well. That's not, that's not an underdog. That, that Like, Ross is not underdog anymore. That's yeah. not an underdog truck. That truck is a – It's a GMS truck-ish. That, that they can win races. They're competitive. And Ross is Ross is good. So it's not really an underdog story there anymore. I think it's – I think the underdog side of it is we know that Nice doesn't have deep pockets. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, this it's, a, it's an older gentleman who is running this race team. They don't have a lot of employees. Everybody that, that works on the truck at the shop, just like probably Timmy's deal is – they're working on the truck at the racetrack. So I think from an under 
probably resourced, per, yes. But the truck itself and Ross, no, they're, they're certainly not underdogs. I'm just not sure that's the attitude to have where you shouldn't care because at some point it's gonna, it could come back to haunt him and he's going to care at that point. I don't mean he doesn't care. I just think he's I'm – I'm 100% and I don't – if it makes you mad, I'm sorry. I mean, he had a lot oh, of people yeah. upset no, with him yeah. after the race. I, I don't. I don't mind a guy driving like that. Just when I, it, I mean, Dale Earnhardt had a lot of people mad at him all the time too. When it comes back to you, that's when I want to see how you handle it. Yeah. This year's Darlington Throwback Weekend will honor the 1990 to 94 era of NASCAR. If you could go back and race or spot in one race during that span, which race or track would it be, and who would you race or spot for? TJ. Hmm. I would. I mean. I would love to go to Myrtle Beach or South Boston and um, just have somebody there, a great, like, I don't know, uh, a great short tracker at that time in the in the experience. It could be anybody from, like, a, a Timmy Fedor to, um, you know, Jason Keller or a David Green, something like that in, in that type of race. Um, would, I think it would be pretty cool. Who do you think, Timmy? Well, um, I think – as far as racetracks go, I think any of these old tracks where, they had, where for me they've been resurfaced, you know, Daytona's old surface or Bristol's old surface. I, I love to race on those old surfaces. And um, But as far as who I could race with, any of those guys, Jeff Gordon, Rusty Wallace, I was able to race Jeff Gordon, but I love to race those guys in their prime. That would be a lot of fun. Man, I uh, that's the era where Jeff Gordon busted on the scene. And I certainly was never a fan of his, but now that I'm being, I've been doing what I've been doing, uh, in the sport and looking back at his career he was in I was in college when he started racing and to see what all he went on to accomplish in his career I would have loved to have done a, a race with him and Ray Everham because those two together were two of the best to ever do it and, and that would probably be my pick plus if I had a chance to put on one of those Rainbow Warrior t-shirts I would have looked super cute <laughs> I had long hair back then oh that would be great to see a picture yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> Off the wall question: A Seattle woman, a Seattle woman, celebrated her 103rd birthday by going skydiving. She died. No, she oh. lived. Oldest woman ever to skydive. Should be called skydying. If you live to 103, <laughs> how will you celebrate, Timmy? What do you think? Uh, I think I'd take a cup of coffee, go play bingo, and it'd probably be less exciting than going skydiving. I just couldn't. I don't think I could take it. 103. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, that's crazy. 103 years old. I want to know what her secret is. Apparently, it's skydiving. I don't want to see 103. That's, uh, yeah, I don't. I'm uh, not going to see 103, so I don't have to answer that. That's pretty awesome she did that, though. Yeah. 103 year old woman skydiving. That's cool. It is cool. I'm sure she did like a. Like a tandem job. Yeah, it was tandem. I would be really scared to be the person that was taking her. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome, though. Good for her. Brett, what would you do? Uh, Budweiser and a shot of tequila, I guess. I don't know. I mean, 103? I don't, I'm not going to make it, Casey. I'm not going to make it that far. Mm, yes, that's are. the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with Brett. <laughs> Jason, what would you do? I don't know. Uh, skydiving sounds pretty fun, but I doubt when you're 103, you're really going to feel well, like going skydiving. <laughs> Jason's almost 100 years away. He's like 13. If I'm 103. I'm going to jump out of the plane with no parachute. <laughs> Be like, it. this is how it's going. PristineAuction.com is an online auction site where you will find all kinds of authentic and affordable memorabilia. Yeah, they have many different types of auctions, including daily auctions with bids starting at just $1 and ending nightly. Also, one of my favorite is a 10-minute auction. It's a great way to bid quickly. 
uh, and win some really cool stuff. Jason, can we do a 10-minute auction next That's week instead thinking. of doing this this other auction? Yeah. That way we know exactly what's going on as soon as we start the show and when we yes. end the show. Yeah, usually at 3 o'clock every day they do these 10-minute auctions. So I Why don't we do one now with Casey so we'll have an opportunity to find out if she can actually win? we got to wait to 3 o'clock. They start at 3, then we do it from there. Oh, we need to record at 3 then to be able to make that happen <laughs> because they guarantee the authenticity of all their items. It comes with an authentication form, and it's the most trusted sources. And these items are much more affordable than you think. Check out some of these previous NASCAR items that uh, went for really low prices, including a Jack Roush signed 8x10 photo for only eighteen ninety. What do you think this Garth Brooks thing is going to go for, Casey? You want to give us a t- test? Two hundred and ninety. I really hope our budget is super <clears throat> high, Mike Davis, for us to win this Garth Brooks. Well, Dell Emmon, his photo went for $9.45. He's a Hall of Fame crew chief. I love seeing that guy in the garage. Other than I, the fact that he'll bring you to your knees. I just have to call out for scene auction, too. So there was a racing accident with somebody named Grady Chandler a few weeks ago, and they're trying to raise money for his medical bills. And Pristine donated a ton of items to help to- like help them get back on their feet. And thankfully, Grady's doing better from what I hear, continuing to pray for him. But Pristine has donated a ton, which is helping them um, pay for all these hospital bills. So really, shout out to them. That's impressive. And then um, Alani Anderson signed photo, who I recognize from Stroker Ace, sold for just $20.67. Oh, Alani. Yeah, it's quick and, uh, quick and free to register, and uh, you only pay when you win. Here's the thing. As a DBC listener, we need you guys to enter the registration code when you go because you get a $5 off deal by entering the coupon word CLEAR, C-L-E-A-R. Yeah, with $5, you could easily win three or four of Casey's wedding photos. <laughs> and uh, just remember the code, C-L-E-A-R. Those should be out soon. Don't worry, guys. PristineAuction.com. Go check them out. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. Wow, that's just a great tagline. As DBC, SVTC Cobra John asked uh, whether or not we think Barstool Sports is good or bad for NASCAR. After seeing some of the examples in this article, I can see there's some risk. What do you think? Hey, Ross. Billman? Hey, I'm doing uh, DBC. I'll call you back. Hey, Ross. Uh, I just didn't know if I needed to know anything, but I can... I'm gonna call you back. Yeah, you. I'll, big, call, you, I'll call you for eleven thirty. Yeah, you big bully. You big okay. bully. All right. hey, TJ's calling you a bully from the truck race. <laughs> you big bully. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you back in a minute. All right. See you. <laughs> <laughs> the question back to your question. Jason and I actually text yesterday about this question. I read the article. Um, that, that what was what was the website was it on Jason? How do you pronounce it? Jalapalink or Jalapanik? Jalapanik. Okay, so this yeah. article is basically the guy is saying that Barstool Sports is bad for NASCAR, and it was very obvious in this article that this guy has a personal agenda against Barstool Sports. Um, I am of the belief that we are very fortunate in today's world, especially in sports, because no matter how old we are, no matter what our demographic is, there is a way for us to consume the sport of NASCAR. For me, I'm old school. I still want to watch the race on television. If I can't watch on television, I want to listen to MRN or PRN. If I can't do that, I'm going to follow on Twitter, and I'm going to follow 
you know, as many accounts as I have an interest in following, right? So I, I, you know, when I follow PR people, I love to see them put the position to which their drivers are running. So when someone tweets from Ross's account during the race and it says, you know, what he's fighting, P11, P5, it tells me the score of the game for my guy. I don't consume a whole lot of media, though, during the week. Obviously, Barstool, Barstool Stort, Sports, I can't even say the word. <laughs> They're doing it differently. But Jason loves, he says if it wasn't for Bar stool sports that he wouldn't even like love a lot of things so i i don't fall in their demographic but this guy clearly was angry at, at that particular platform i think they attract a lot of college students my age and that's they awesome. love sports so it's like well, that's what nascar is trying to do they're trying to get to that do. younger demo 100 percent. they are edgy and they say a lot of things about females that are beyond edgy they then yeah. obviously they went against unions and you know it uh yeah, but, I mean, hey, that's all right. That's their thing. I mean, if we can get a younger crowd interested in it and and uh, coming to races and enjoying it, and, you know, there's kids that probably follow Barstool and that might not know much about NASCAR but might want to give it a shot now because they see some of this coverage they do. And, and let's be honest, the, the older NASCAR crowd, it's getting harder for them to get to races and stuff. It's harder for the diehards to get there. Um and we give them so much access, which I always talk about. That's part of the part of the attendance, you know. And speaking of attendance, Bristol looked great. Yeah. Um, but you know, we you can follow the race. Yesterday, I'm watching the IndyCar race on my TV. I have my iPad up. I can see all the little cars. I can go to anyone's radio right there on my iPad and listen to the in car while I'm si- or while I can go to their cameras as well. There's so much access. While you know. Yeah, again, you can spend to go to an NASCAR race for a day. What do you think it costs for a day? Family of four. Family of four for a day. Going to am, am I staying at a hotel or not? No, nah, one day you're going. One to One day I'm going with a family of four for a cup race. I'm going to drop six hundred and fifty bucks, probably at least, say yeah. hundred bucks a ticket, maybe. Absolutely, a couple hundred in food. Yep. I mean, that's Fan visions, souvenirs, yeah, fan visions, souvenirs. Yeah. I mean, there's just so it's much. expensive. Yeah, and. Yeah. And um, you can get all this from your couch, but you know there's still nothing like you, to go to a race. And these, I'm glad that I'm glad that Barstool is showing that you know the, these races can be fun. You they're can go sh- there. They're you, showing the behind the scenes part. Like they're tweeting some things that were hilarious. Like that we or fans don't get to see when they're just watching the race from like pre race to checkered flag. Yeah, and there, I, there, there are two things that happen for me personally. I didn't know that the barstool guy was there, okay? Yeah. But I, I had a uh, a female who sent a text to another female who I just so happened to be around at the time. We were at the racetrack, and she had taken a picture with the barstool guy and made a very big comment about how much she loved him, right? So yeah. then I'm walking after the race, after the cup race. I leave the roof. I hit the hallway. I'm running because we're in a these two guys, and they're about Timmy's age. What are you, 27, 26? 26, yeah. 26. All right, they're, they're about your age, and they're hammered. And they stop me. They're in my way. And I'm like, hey, I'm coming around you. Hey, man, did you know the Barstool Sports guy's here? And I'm like, no. But the girl was excited. Yeah. The guy was excited. They're both mid-20s. The girl's 24. These guys, like I said, are about 26. Jason, how old are you, 22? 21. 21. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. I brought tequila recently. Um, Jill Gregory said it's working. She's a CMO for NASCAR. Female CMO, uh, someone I've known a very long time. If she said this ad buy is working, then it's working. I think the problem is it's different than what NASCAR has a good different. typically done. Yeah, it can be a little controversial, but that's a good thing when you want storylines and you want to make it more exciting and to reach the people that are in college. And 
and the people that are younger so that they are fans for life. Yeah, I mean, right. Barstool's a wild, wild place. <laughs> uh, I, I know uh, they came to Daytona at the beginning of the year, and uh, I had a, my buddy who lost our fantasy football league dressed all up in his romper and his ridiculous <laughs> outfit. And Barstool's the first one on scene to get a picture, and, and I know for you know for my friends in our age group, they 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 love Barstool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. Uh, next question: Cold trickle underscore. With the uncontrolled tire rule now up to discretion, what are some other rules you'd wish NASCAR change and use more common sense on, such as uh, Chastain's safety violation penalty in the truck race? What do you What do you think, Timmy? Um, I tell you, I just got a penalty this weekend in the truck race for a, a bad guy uh, pitting outside the box. Which for me, my car, my truck was in the box, and my the boxes are so small there. Uh, ironically, Natalie Decker was put, put in front of me, but she was kind of far back, so I had to pit far back. And um, my field guy had one foot outside the box, and he, we got a penalty. But the penalty was a one lap penalty uh, under yellow. For, so to me, I don't know why that wouldn't be a tail the longest or tail the field kind of penalty, but it almost cost us our, our entire race because of the you know small foot over the line. Yeah. One lap penalties are pretty pretty severe uh, penalties, and I, I, that one might be a little stiff in my opinion as well, but. Um, I don't know what the safety violation is that Ross had. Um, do you know what it was? No. Nah. I don't know exactly what it was. So um, I think they're doing a good job with the rules. They're, they're, uh, what, which one do you want to see changed or, or to, to be something that's not? Huh. I'll go since you don't know. So <laughs> yeah, what ahead. gets on my nerves is the rules around the restarts. I think these are all grown men and, in some cases, grown women. And when we go green, you ought to be able to go wherever the hell you want to go. It drives me nuts that we have to stay in line till start-finish. It drives me nuts we can't go below the yellow line or white line at a, at a mile-and-a-half track. Like, when we go green, it should be go like hell and good luck. And if we wreck, we wreck. And if we don't, we put on a good show. I shouldn't have to wait till start-finish to pass the guy if he's slower than I am. Just gloves off. Yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> that drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, my the only I like it, but you're gonna have to really start policing the, uh, the laying back, like how far is too far. I don't care if they police that either. Well, just I mean, green I, means go. Yeah, that's right now. Green means go, but wait till you get here. That's gonna get. Now that's gonna go. get real ugly. <laughs> that's gonna get real ugly real fast. He says that first time you take him three wide and you all wad him up down there in turn one, he's going to be like, we need to stay in line until the start-finish nah, line. Roll. You're never going to hear me <laughs> say we need to stay in line until start-finish. <laughs> Police and land back's easy. Next question. TRA48 asks, what's it like for drivers like Timmy who drive for smaller teams and have to find the balance between fighting for all they can get on track and making sure they bring the car home in one piece? Timmy, what about you? Uh, it's tough. It's tough to find that balance. Uh, for, for me, you know, bringing a car back in one piece can mean several thousand dollars uh, difference for us. So um, you have to kind of judge between is one spot worth tearing a car up or is, one, is tearing a car up to gain 10 spots is worth it. So uh, like at Bristol, we ended up tearing a fender off our car, but I felt like it was worth it in that situation to go after a top 10 then. Um, Who maybe, was maybe it? Fifteenth, uh, end up being BJ McLeod. We we talking over after the race. We're all good now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I bet you talking about yeah, yeah, he's, he's a big guy. BJ, I don't, don't want to mess with BJ. Yeah. You know how that conversation went. <laughs> yes, sir. He yes, sir. Scary yes, sir. <laughs> he can be scary looking, but uh, he's a nice dude. Yeah, man. he is. He's heck of a guy. I can see you right now. Yes, sir, BJ. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Never do it again. So, Have a good week. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's very tough to find that balance. You got to remember though. Yeah, it could cost you money that race, but if you wreck your car 
and that's the only one you got, you're missing future races that you could have finished and made money on. So there's like a it just isn't just that one weekend. It could go down the road a ways too and add up. So uh, a lot of guys are in that in that position. So yeah, tough to be in. Bonus question. This one is from our friend Freddie Kraft. Who did a better job calling balls and strikes at the Mets Braves game on Tuesday? The professional umpires or Brett? Brett, well, I, what do you think? I uh I got lost and somehow or another ended up right behind home plate. And like my seat was I was by myself. You would do that. And I was uh I was texting Fred Freddie's like, Where you at? I was like, Man, I'm down here calling balls and strikes. So I started waving, you know, like, hey. Obviously, man. So we ended up with these freaking seats Freddie got us from his buddy Rob. Rob owns a bar in St. Simon Island or something like that in Georgia. <laughs> um, anyway, long story short, we had free booze and food. So you know how that went. <laughs> Freddie's on a cruise right now for his off week. There's a good chance he'll fall off the boat. There's a, at least a 30% chance. I wonder where he's going. Do you know where he's cruising It's to? a seven-day cruise leaving out of uh, – I'm guessing it's not a Disney cruise. You can't leave out of Orlando, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, you can't leave out of Orlando. Oh, I get it. Yeah, go. <laughs> Freddie's probably feeling really good right now. Freddie's probably. probably. Yeah, he'll listen to this at some point. Uh, so, Brett, you're going to be a professional umpire now? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Call balls and strikes. All right. All right. Brett, I, I really need a shirt, by the way. Okay. Who wins? For pad shirt. Who wins? Everybody, everybody wins this week. Sweet. Everybody's a winner. Four winners. Can you bring me one next week? So wait a minute. Freddie won? Freddie won. Yeah, <laughs> Freddie won. There's no way he fits in an extra large. The biggest shirts we have is an extra large. So Freddie's going to have to lose some weight. And then we have our review winner <laughs> from... Donor. Donor's like, why don't you get double X? <laughs> our Apple double. iTunes That's review great. winner is from Lala Moore. And her review was, I have a pretty stressful job and I could be having the worst day at work. And I get in my car and listen to DBC. And within no time, I'm smiling and laughing my ass off. Definitely brightens up my day. Keep up the good work, y'all. Sounds like Joey. Oh, that's awesome. Joey gets in his car. He's smiling. <laughs> Casey, did you ghostwrite that review? Was that really you? That's how we make you feel when you yeah. go back no, to the No, because listening to your voice doesn't make my day. <laughs> <laughs> should hear yours right now. Ooh. Whatever. <laughs> when do we get our shirts, Brett? Yeah. What's that? You're not in a, a bigger, bigger than an XL, are you? No, nah, take a large. <laughs> Next week. When Sweet. he was 14, he was. <laughs> Shut up. Why are you so rude? Okay, DBC picks for Darlington. Brett. Man, can you believe? So we knew, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. TJ and I, right before the show, talked about the fact that we thought Matt DiVendetto was going to lose his ride. You can't say his name right. Well, You're struggling today. I'm sorry. You You messed up here. I I meant to pick Matt last week, but I didn't because TJ and I talked about it, and we thought he was going to be told this week that he was going to be moving out. Christopher Bell was going to be moving in. Eric Jones is getting a one-year deal. Like you start hearing all these things, and it, and, and because of that, I changed my plan to Ty Dillon, and I lost. So I'm uh, you're going to pick him this week, obviously. I just can't believe it's TJ's making a comeback, and it's thirteen to ten. We're going to Darlington. It's a place that's slick, hot. Man, it's hot down there. But I got to go with Matt Devedetto at Darlington, and I hope he Matt beats who? whoever TJ. Picks. Next time, learn to say his Benedetto. name. <laughs> no, it's still wrong. How is it? D Benedetto. D Benedetto. Yeah, man, they ain't nobody named that uh, page in South it's, Carolina. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's not D Benedetto. Wait, how many? <laughs> how many syllables is that? Too many. D Ben. Like five. D Benedetto. Oh, that's eight syllables. That's still wrong. <laughs> 
You're drunk. Go home. Five. Who you got, yeah. TJ? Same. Menard. Say the Vendetta. D Benedetto. D Benedetto. You said D Benedetto. Timmy, you say it. D Benedetto. Yeah, that's great. All right. Awesome. So TJ right. got Menard? Yeah, I take Menard. I'm going to lose again. Damn it. <laughs> Probably. All right. Well, it's been a, I don't have any rants. I got to go in a minute. So we better rant quick if you're going to rant. Timmy, man, I'm glad you came on. Yeah. Glad we got to hug it out here on the air. Uh, we're pulling for you. Hopefully, uh, well, what's the next track you're really looking forward to, man? Um, I think we've got a reasonable effort coming up for Xfinity at, at uh, Darlington. This year, I'm not growing out my mustache. Don't you got a big race on iRacing oh, this week? Oh, come on. <laughs> you, got big, well, uh, you got a big race on iRacing this yeah, week? Yeah, those come up too, Tuesday nights. Uh, I'm not doing too well on those. I do better in real life yeah. than I do on iRacing. I bet John would be happy you cleaned out Alfala. <laughs> yeah, John, he was supposed to uh, draft me, but uh, he, he was too late. On, I know. I was an early pick. I heard. I heard. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Darlington's our next one coming up that's big for us uh, in Xfinity. Uh, I think I'm only doing Xfinity. I don't think I'm doing Cup that weekend. But uh, yeah, mustache is what I'm, I normally do there. I had a couple of sponsor appearances with Bristol, and uh, I had a good clean shaving for them. Yeah. So uh, BJ told you to shave. Didn't he? Yeah. he said yes, sir. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you going to run your truck at uh, Martinsville? Uh, yep. So that'll oh. be our next race for there. Okay. I'll be driving there. Then uh, we're going to finish the year off. My brother driving a Homestead. So we're looking forward to that. Okay. I got to replace the fender on the truck, so I was just evaluating that this morning. But uh, shit, me too bad. We'll get it fixed up here soon. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, brother. We yeah. appreciate yeah, appreciate it. it. Yeah. Well, thank y'all for listening. Yeah, keep Hopefully. the reviews coming. Yeah, reviews are good. We'll keep sending All shirts good out. Ones. TJ, what are you doing this weekend? Off weekend? Yeah, just just gonna take it off. Not going anywhere. Not doing anything. Just chill. Yeah. Brett, what are you gonna do? Road America. Yeah, he's going for oh, AJ. Right. Yeah, I'm actually leaving tomorrow. Gonna go up and ride some motorcycles and maybe. It's so nice there. It's almost like a vacation. One morning it's gonna be 44 degrees. I can't wait. Oh. I'm so sick of this heat, man. I get, I'm fat. I get hot. <laughs> you know. So anyway, I'm working. AJ Almendinger, hopefully a good race for him and colleague. Colleagues has some fast cars. Swallow any more bugs like you did. Oh myself. yeah, tell us about that. <laughs> I was literally talking. I was spotting. So TJ and I stand I moved down for a little bit. TJ and I stand close to the light, and it's just where we've always stood. We don't stand I'm, there. I'm literally right light. next to it. So so I get there on uh, Friday, and TJ had already been there for a day and worked a race. Obviously the truck race, and I was like, "Hey, were the bugs bad last night?" And they were like, "No." It wasn't him bad. and Herm were like, "No, not at all. They weren't bad." And I was like, oh, "Okay." And then Herm was like, "But I bet they're going to be bad one night." Well, the only night I did work, they were terrible, and I was mid sitting. I was like, yeah. oh. it was, and it was stuck it was in my throat, and it was big. I didn't, I didn't know if I was gagging because <laughs> of my, my gag reflux or whatever that thing is that people have, or if I was choking. And so I grabbed my bottle of water and I chug. Man, I could have used a Heimlich there for a moment, but I've never swallowed a. I don't know the last time I swallowed a bug, and it certainly wasn't during a race ever. So, um, yeah, it took me a minute. <laughs> they were the bad. The worst part about that is either either one flying down your you know throat or uh, man, they'll get in your shirt, <laughs> and you can feel it. And like I had my shirt tucked in, and it gets underneath that, so you're like, oh, I feel it. It's in there, and then you're like, Bristol's Bristol. Everything's happening so fast, so. Man, it's nerve wracking. That's where uh, I mean, you look like you're having a seizure when that man plays it in your shirt. You this know? is we had an episode about this before, and um, it was called "Attack of the Praying Manus or something like that. Well, oh yeah, that's Herm, funny. Herm, the guy, he's basically between me and Brett. And man, we we take the green, and I look over there, and Herm it lo- looks like he's fighting Patrick Swayze from <laughs> Ghost or something. He's swinging it. He's swinging at this thing, and this thing's flying at him, and he's cussing at it. <laughs> he's literally fighting a praying manus like he. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. And he's cussing at it. And uh 
those things are mean. There's millions of them. Did you see that? Like, did you see it eat that cricket? No. Oh, <laughs> uh, we watched this praying mantis right up eat this cricket. I mean, it snuck up on it. Bam. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> then he got another one. Yeah. Well, I hope I don't swallow another bug like ever. Are they worse yeah. at Bristol than any other track? I, I, it seems so. I yeah. don't remember. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. Bristol. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. But uh, anyway, well, thanks for joining. Yeah. Have a great week, guys. Yeah, good have show. a good off enjoy, week. Enjoy thanks, the off Timmy. Week. Absolutely. Glad to be yeah, here. Yeah, thanks, Timmy. We're out. Holla. See ya. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.